0: this week on Missions Today. Tears were just in my eyes when I just saw um, someone in the rural parts of Ghana, actually in the north, listening to the Bible in the Kokumba language in Ghana for the first time. And this person says, wow, the Lord speaks my language. And when they are listening, they are so quiet, because this is a language that speaks to their heart. What is Jesus saying? Oh, this is what he's saying. And just seeing the joy on their faces after they receive and realize that Christianity is not too far away from them. It's actually closer to them than they think. I just just cried that day because these are people that would have died without hearing. But now we thank God that language is no longer a barrier. Now people can actually have access to the Word of God in their mother tongue and receive Jesus as their Lord and personal Savior, which they would have never done.
1: And that's the point, sharing the gospel, taking it to them. Hi, I'm Colin Lambert, and welcome to Missions Today. This week I have the privilege to speak with Philip Asari, whose family for decades now has done just that, taken God's Word to the people. It wasn't what Philip planned to do with his life, but it is where God has clearly directed him. Philip serves at Theovision International with his father, Reverend Theodore Sari, a ministry in West Africa that just continues to grow and reach more and more people. Philip, it's great to have you on the program. Thank you so much, Colin. It's good to see you. Hey, I want to go back to the beginning, early days. We're going to get to what you're doing now, and that's exciting, but I want to go back to those early days. What What do you remember as a kid growing up in Accra, Ghana?
0: Oh, Colin, um, I remember growing up, I never saw my dad at home because he had to be on the field, either recording the Bible, setting up Bible listening groups, reaching oral communities with the Word of God. So I was like, Dad, when are you coming home? you would be like, Give me some time. I'll get home. And just he coming home and just telling us lives that have been transformed just by, you know, his sacrifices. And I remember those times my dad would sacrifice a lot, um, go to dangerous communities, dangerous countries, just to share the love and the word of God to people who needed it. And growing up, I just, I didn't really like it at the beginning, but I grew up to love it because I saw the impact and I wanted to be part of that impact just knowing that we are on this earth to reach out to people. And that's what my dad actually showed me growing up. Yeah. When, when do you feel that you
1: began to be impacted in a way where you ever thought about ministry as being part of your life? Was that was that a thought from the beginning or were you thinking, I'm going to be a fireman and then all of a sudden it changed? How did that all come along? Yes. Yeah,
0: so actually, I didn't want to go into this growing up because I just wanted to have a job, somewhere earning money a lot of money because I had graduated from college my friends were having good jobs you know and um, I was just praying about what do I do next what do I do next and then the Holy Spirit just told me clearly that go help your dad's ministry I'm like what why I want to do something else I just realized that it was the Lord speaking to me and I just fell in love with what Theovision was doing because growing up, I was interning there after school. I'll just do some internships at Theovision. And I'm like, oh, it's not that bad like, like what I'm seeing or thinking. So I just obeyed. And now I'm with Theovision International. Mm-hmm.
1: As you went through those years of growing up, dad wasn't at home, you you can tell from you even telling the story to us today, though, that you were were seeing what was happening. There was that balance of, I want dad home, but I see where his heart is. What was it about your dad in those days and even now? About his passion that speaks
0: to you, so his his zeal and passion to reach out to oral communicators is something that has been very very intriguing to me because um, he will go all out, sacrifice just to get the word of God to these people, and um, just the love that he he showed to these people and seeing the videos that he takes on the field. And when he brings it back, shows it to us, um, sometimes tears just go down our eyes because these are people who can read and write. But now when they hear the Bible in their own language, they're like, wow, God speaks my language. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. It was just something great that he was doing. And I just fell in love with it, even though he wasn't at home most of the time. I I just loved it because of the stories and the testimonies I was hearing from the field.
1: Your primary ministry work at Theovision is translating God's Word into multiple, multiple languages in Africa. How many now have you uh, actually done?
0: recorded the Bible in over 400 languages, so now currently 434 languages across 36 African countries. Yeah,
1: see, that, that's incredible, and I, I think one of the things we often don't realize, and I didn't realize until I got to know you and your family a little bit, You know, there are marvelous people around the world working on Bible translations where they put the Word of God into somebody's hand and they can read it. But talk for a moment about the oral culture that you are faced with in Africa and how
0: that differs in in this case. Yes. So in Africa, about 70% of people are oral preference communicators. So that means they love to, they can't read or write, or they'll prefer to listen. And um, growing up in an oral community, especially in Ghana like this, there are about over 60 languages in Ghana. In Nigeria, there are about 500 languages. But people can't read their language. So now the question is, how can you open scripture to these people in the language they best understand? Okay, so that's how Theovision started. We've been recording the Bible. And now people can actually hear God speak to them in their heart language. And people are giving their lives to Christ because they are able to appreciate scripture in a way that is unique to them the way that speaks directly to their hearts the way that just gets to them and they just give their lives to Christ they, they see that Christianity is not a Western religion because that's what he thought that Christianity is a Western religion I won't follow Jesus because I, I, I don't know who he is he's not related to me but when they hear Jesus speaking to them in their heart language it makes a difference and they just allow access into their hearts.
1: One of the unique things about uh, the work that you all do is that process of recording uh, God's Word in these native languages, and I have just been so impressed over and over again visiting your team, not only um, just such a small operation and what, what great things you accomplish with so few people, but the hearts and the uh, again, passion of these people uh, to go through sometimes very challenging uh, circumstances to get God's Word recorded. First, for a moment, talk about the process of what you do in recording the Bible. How do you find people to do it? Is it dramatic reading? Is there music? What what kinds of things
0: happen when you're actually recording God's yes. Word? so we work. In partnership with Bible Translation Agency. So the translation agencies like the Bible Societies spend time translating the Bible. So what we do is we partner with them and then turn these translated text into audio because people prefer to listen. So we pick the text. We send teams into the language group. So they travel all the way from Ghana to the language group, stay with them, audition readers because the recording is in a dramatized form. So we work closely with the people who actually worked with the translation. We go to them and then audition readers. In some places, we don't get people who can read. We just have one person who can read. So we do what we call prompting. That person will read it out and the person in the studio would say it after them because they can read So the process sometimes is tiring if you have a community where people can't read. But if we have places where people can read, we audition them, about 20 to 22 people. We have people playing the role of Jesus, playing the role of Paul, and it's in a dramatized form. So we go in twos, we have a technician, and then we have a director. So the director is the one saying, hey, say it like this, or shout, or, you know, cry. This is how we want you to cry or read it you know, and everything is dramatized. So we stay with them for a month, do the recording with them and we live with them. We eat their food. We do what they do. Otherwise they're not going to accept the scripture that we are recording. So after we do that, we bring it back to the office. We do the editing, put the sound effect on it, and then we take it back to the language group. And that's how they get to receive the audio Bible in their language.
1: Talk for a moment about maybe what you've seen or experienced when. One of those folks for the first time get to hear it in its final version.
0: Yeah, uh, Colin, um, let me just tell you the story. There was this one time, tears were just in my eyes when I just saw um, someone in the rural parts of Ghana, actually in the north, listening to the Bible in the Kokumba language in Ghana for the first time. And this person says, wow, the Lord speaks my language. And when they are listening, they are so quiet because this is a language that speaks to their heart. What is Jesus saying? Oh, this is what he's saying. And just seeing the joy on their faces after they receive and realize that Christianity is not too far away from them. It's actually closer to them than they think. I just, I just cried that day because these are people that would have died without hearing. But now we thank God that language is no longer a barrier. Now people can actually have access to the word of God in their mother tank and receive Jesus as their Lord and personal Savior, which they would have never done. And we've had so many communities coming together because they are listening to the Bible together. We have marriages coming together. This is the light the word of God is bringing to communities and people around. Yeah, shedding light on on the community. Um, before we move
1: on, I want to stick for a moment with this recording process. We talked a little bit about how you find the people, how you train them, how you get it and you record it and you add the music and the sound effects. Part of the challenge of you all doing this now, again, over 430 times is often just getting to the place. Yes. I have seen some incredible pictures of the, yeah. the uh, uh, persistence and, and faithfulness of your team in just even reaching some of these remote villages to be able to share God's word with them. Talk for a moment about some of what you have to do to even get to some of these places.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I call our team heroes um, because some of them are married. They have family in Ghana, but they leave their comfort zone to drive. Sometimes they sit on motorbikes for days, three days on a motorbike, riding through a forest to get into a community. And sometimes it's raining they have the equipment at the back of the motorbike and they are riding through the rain just to get into a community. Sometimes they have to stay in the forest because um, they want to rest before they move on the next day. Um, Sometimes the roads are so bad that they have to walk. Okay. Sometimes the food they eat. We've had so many stories of, you know, Snakes, they they been bitten by snakes, and mosquitoes, and where they sleep. Sometimes they sleep on the floor, where they bath, where they eat, in the kitchen. They don't have that comfort. So they leave all that comfort and travel to a community where they don't know. They are sacrificing their life. Sometimes they are in places where they are war and they have to disguise themselves and stay there for some time. Sometimes we have to move them away from that war-torn area to just for their security. But sometimes they manage to finish that process before coming back. So there's a lot of sacrifices that we go through just to get the word of God to these people. And one thing that keeps us going is that if we don't do it, there are a lot of people that are going to perish without hearing about the name Jesus. And our slogan at Theovision is that all may hear his voice. And be transformed. We want everyone, everywhere to hear about the name Jesus before he comes.
1: Uh, It's an incredible uh, group working together. And one thing that has uh, changed in recent years was uh, a partnership with another ministry that we both uh, loved that helped you all put a health clinic together. One of the things that many people have learned as they want to do ministry and do it effectively is that building trust and not only just building trust, but building relationships with people. And part of that in your area of the world and in Ghana is taking care of physical needs. And in this case, a health clinic. Talk for a moment about the work you have going on there.
0: We actually partnered with Reach Beyond and we started this health clinic that is actually close to the Theo office and it serves as a base for our medical outreaches. So After we were taking the word of God to the people in these communities, we realized that we couldn't close our eyes to some of their physical needs. We're taking the word of God there, but these people um, have drugs that have been with them for a year and have even expired and they're still taking it. And we couldn't close our eyes to that. So this medical center serves as a base for our outreaches and we take a whole medical team into the villages. We take our nurses from the office to the community and spend like a week just attending to their physical needs alongside praying with them, alongside, you know, winning souls for Christ. So it's a a massive evangelism um, trip that we take um, twice a year, sometimes three times a year, just to meet the physical needs of these people so that we show them that the love of Christ is available to them. So as they receive the word of God, they also receive the love. And sometimes it just opens their hearts to receive more because they are like, oh, these guys are showing me love. (laughs) I have to follow the person they are following. And that just gives us access to their hearts to reach them. So let's
1: shift now from that, and that's a key piece that's going on. You've got radio stations around as well, and I know that uh, some of that was tied to some of your brother's work at uh, Moody Bible Institute in Chicago. I had the pleasure of working with your brother, Stephen, and uh, obviously through the years partnering with your dad, Theo. Um, but talk for a moment about the ministry and work that your radio
0: stations do. We have three radio stations in, in, in Ghana, and the whole essence of these radio stations are to reach out to the communities that they are in. Um, we have Bible listening groups in some of these areas, but the radio station serves as a, a tool to just reach larger la- language groups around and also to do educate them on health educate them on stuff that they wouldn't have heard. We do programs on early child marriage because in some parts of Ghana, people are forced into marriage, which they don't want to. So we use that avenue to talk about that, talk about health, the COVID. And we just talk about bringing the community together, sharing the word of God with the radio stations. And we thank God for what the radio stations are doing in the parts of of Ghana because now people can be refreshed every day they put the radio on and they hear someone preaching, they hear a message, they hear the audio Bible in their own language. It's just amazing how they are receiving these stations in these parts of Ghana. Mm. Uh, before we move to the kind of final
1: part of the discussion about you and what your role is and what you're doing right now, you've mentioned a couple of times the Bible listening groups, and I want to make sure folks understand what that is. You're recording these uh, recordings, getting the Bible in their languages, uh, but a lot of the villages, especially out in the, in the hinterlands, they... They may not have a pastor, they may not have a local church, they may not have regular exposure to God's Word. Explain for a moment what a Bible listening
0: club looks like. Okay, so a Bible listening club is like a Bible study um, where people come together once a week, three times a week, twice a week, sometimes the whole week, gather around a solar-powered playback box that has the audio Bible in it, and then they play it. And it's like, a discussion after they play it for about 45 minutes or 30 minutes they pause and then they discuss what did you hear and then they begin to say what they heard how can you apply this to your life we have facilitators that facilitate they don't preach they are trained to facilitate so they just guide the discussion and these people sometimes say hey i want to give my life to christ so sometimes our team has to travel to these communities, lead them to Christ, baptize them. And so it's just like a Bible study that we have in our churches, but it's in an oral form where they discuss it in their language.
1: So we started our conversation with you as the kid at home, growing up in Ghana. Dad's gone doing ministry, and there was challenges with that, as there always is for for kids of people in ministry, because there's just so much to do and so much passion, often on parents' parts of of, of living out that commission message, great commission of reaching people with the the good news of Jesus Christ. Talk for a moment now about your working with that. In fact, uh, tell us about your new position and what you're responsible for, what you're doing on a daily basis. So
0: currently I'm the executive vice president of Theovision International. So my dad who is Reverend Asari is the president of Theovision. So, um, in my new role, I'm in charge of strategy and looking at where we we are going in the next five years, or where we want to get to. How are we going to get there? Working with the various departments in the organization, looking at partnerships and how we can extend our reach across Africa, and looking at great networking that we can we can use to make sure that everyone everywhere hears about the name Jesus. So that's what I do now and working on different projects on how we can just make it easy and how we can give access to the word of God into the hearts of people and allow people to just have the freedom to listen to the Bible and hear about the name Jesus in a way that they best understand. So that's my new role and any task that my dad wants me to do, I do. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm a servant. I, I call myself a yeah. servant. So oh, no. <laughs> he says, Phil, I need you to go here. I need you to talk to these people. I need you to represent me here. I say, yes, please. All right. That That is what I do at Theovision.
1: That's a good son. <laughs> That's a good son. Hey, uh, uh, I did want to touch on real quick because it's something we don't see much in America, maybe in an app form like on your phone, but not in an audio form Uh, theovision also has through the years done such a marvelous job of using cell phone technology to reach people around africa Uh, again if you've never traveled abroad one of the amazing things about technology is you might find people in a village with no electricity (laughs) uh, a very primitive setting and they've got cell phones, and you're thinking, where, where did they get cell phones? But they've got them. Uh, talk just briefly about what you all, maybe a thing or two you all have done with cell phones to reach people.
0: Okay, yeah. So currently we have a project running with the Moody Bible Institute in Chicago. And what we've done is we've taken the content from Moody Bible Institute, contextualized it, translated it in our local language, and recorded it and put it on a playback device. And we realized that there are a lot of pastors and rural pastors and church workers who are working in church and pastoring churches but they don't have a base in the word of God. So we're like, how can we train these people who can't go to Bible school because they can't read and write? So we did this program where we gave this device to these people and it's a mobile it's like a mobile phone, just a small device that you can put in your pocket. So you can be in your farm, you can be in the kitchen, you can be somewhere and you're just taking lessons. And the interesting thing is after every 10 days there's a quiz that you have to take. So You get a call on your mobile phone saying, hey, this is the Moody School of the Bible. Based on what you listen, who was Jesus' mother in the Bible? If it was Mary, press one. If it was Esther, press two. And they take these questions, and we are able to see their answers at the back end. And we are able to track and grade them. And for a year, they do this, and we graduate these students who wouldn't have had the opportunity to go to Bible school but now have an oral Bible school that they can take part in. They don't have to leave their farm. They don't have to travel long hours to go to Bible school. They can just do the school wherever they are. And we're able to access them and we are able to graduate them. And now most of these students are pastoring churches. Some of them have started churches and we've been running this program for three years. And we have over a thousand students graduated for the program. And it's just to the glory of God that now people can have access. People can have access.
1: I know one of your dad's favorite phrases is, Africa needs training, training. and what a great opportunity to see that take place on a daily basis in people's lives, over a thousand affected by that program specifically. Two final questions. Uh, First, uh, you just talked about your role with Theovision right now and looking toward the future maybe one or two things you'd like to see for Theo Vision in the years to come?
0: In the years to come, I want us to expand because there are so many languages that we have recorded that we still have to take to the language group and looking at partnerships and reaching out to these communities and looking at how we can get people engaged with Scripture. That is how can we make Scripture exciting and fun for people to actually appreciate and embrace scripture. So we are looking at various techniques, various strategies on making scripture fun and making it you know, interesting for people to want to study the scripture. And we also want to make sure that we use technology to reach out to these people. So we are coming up with different forms or techniques or strategies, technology to make sure that we are able to reach the remotest parts in Africa with the word of God. So that's what we are looking at in the next five years. We want to make sure that we saturate Ghana from Ghana, expand out across Africa, saturate Africa and make sure that we get to a point where language is no longer a barrier and we are actually filling Africa with the love of Jesus and the word of Jesus.
1: Final question for you, for someone listening today, and they just want to know, how can we pray for you and your team? Maybe a thing or two that that you'd want to say, hey, this is something that you can pray for us about.
0: Yes, so I always say pray for our team because these people are going through a lot and we're sacrificing their lives, leaving their families back home. Just pray for the protection of God over their lives, over their family, over their kids. I want you to also pray that the Lord will open up the hearts of people to receive his word and that's one thing we always pray for that people would open up to receive and also pray for the vision that all may hear his voice and be transformed
1: that all may hear his voice and be transformed. That's at the heart of the work of Theovision International. And it looks like this ministry is in good hands with Philip, the next generation leader. You know, there's several things that stand out to me about my conversation with Philip. Number one, I pray that we all have the passion that Philip and the Theovision team has to make sure everyone hears about Jesus before he comes again. Theovision's ministry number two began by seeing a need and following God's provision to meet that need. Philip's dad looked around and saw that most of his neighbors could not read. Handing them a Bible wasn't going to help them. They needed to hear God's word. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And that was the challenge he took on. Finally, Philip talked about planning to go into business, but God called him to this work instead. It's a good time for each of us to ask ourselves, are we listening for God's call on our lives. Well, that's it for this week. Next week, we're going to be talking about refugee issues around the world and how that is affecting missions and missionaries. If you've enjoyed today's show, I'd love it if you could subscribe, rate it, and leave a review on iTunes. If you have feedback for me, I'd love to hear from you. Email me at clambert at missionstoday.com and follow our Instagram and Facebook at Missions Today Radio. Missions Today is a production of Resource Global. I'm Colin Lambert. See you next week.